This record is one more attempt to expand the minds of all youth worldwide. Satan is a mental disease, and its symptoms are hate, jealousy, lack of self-respect, and lack of discipline. Hear these words and strengthen yourself. Yeah. Welcome to the Ninja Tune Podcast. This is Will Ashen from Big Dada. I'm taking charge today because we have a very special guest with us. The one and only Congo Natty, a.k.a. Rebel MC, a.k.a. Conquering Lion. Very nice to have you here. Yeah, man. Very nice to be here, bro. And the reason that Rebel is here with us today is that on July the 1st of this year, 2013, we'll be releasing his album, Jungle Revolution, on Big Dada, which is obviously a source of a huge amount of pride and excitement for us here at the label. Um, we're, we're really pleased to be doing it. Uh, so we asked him to come in and have a chat with us a little bit about his history, uh, a little bit more about the record, and also to pick some uh, classic records that have had a major influence on him over the years. The Revolution The Revolution is actually a good question because obviously not speaking to someone who's just appeared out of nowhere you, you know your, your career is a long and complicated thing um where would you begin if someone had come across you and actually didn't even know about rebel mc and, and street tough or whatever i feel that i would have to begin at really the start of of me hearing and feeling music, music that was different from what I was hearing on the radio. I'm talking about reggae music. 
You see, music for me was always about the feeling. And what happened is when I heard certain reggae tunes through the right system, it, it basically brought out a spirit in me that I didn't know was there. And a feeling, a feel good, like uh, very emotional. Do you think that's something very specific to reggae or is it something that was just very specific to reggae for you? I feel that we all have something in our life that we, we can connect to or we link to. Sometimes we, we find it early, sometimes we find it later on in life. And musically, people that love hip-hop and other musics will, will know the same feeling that once they felt it, it was something that was different from everything else. And with reggae, for me, the bass line, that B line, I started actually not liking certain musics anymore because it didn't have a B line. Because the B line for me was something that it moved my inner soul. I feel that what happened with our generation is that we carried on the torch. It was it, the, the, the whole bass line vibration that we, we grew up in. And this is, this is going to sound systems and buildings where the building is shaking, literally, you know what I mean? 
will be hotter. Listening to these musics, I'm listening to um, some words that I don't know what he what he means, but they feel right for me. You know, Nati dreadlocks in a Babylon. I didn't even know I was in Babylon. You know, the thing is, it's it's a revelation because you go to school and you you get taught, you know, the 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 norm of what they call education. Our education was music. So music was always teaching us, and so through music, I discovered, right, Babylon, seeing, uh, and 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 growing up, there was, what's the word for it now? There was a, a culture, like a Jamaican culture, that was there, the sound system culture, and it was very educational for me because I learned a lot. If we could talk a little bit about the, the Double Trouble days and working with them and, and the records you did with them, mainly because what I found over the last year or so while you've been putting this record together is that every time I, I, I mention Rebel MC to anyone, it amazes me the amount of love and affection those records are still held in and the amount of people who then start quoting the lines back to me, quoting the lyrics, sort of saying, I know all the words to that, oh wow, amazing. So um, to you it probably seems a, quite a long while ago and B, maybe not that central to your, I don't know, maybe it seems central to your musical development, maybe not, but I think to a lot of people it was an important part of their musical landscape at the time. So maybe tell us a little bit about how that all came together and the experience of doing it and the whole thing. Well, it was a real revolution. You know, it was uh, youths getting together who had no money but had this energy and this love. Uh, and we, we started to manifest from the turntables really and the microphone because that was our first instruments. So from our first instruments we started to um, do mixes, like special mixes and emceeing over the mixes. So the journey, without the Rebel days they wouldn't be Konganati, you know, they are in alignment and there was no one encouraging us. There was no one trying to say, look, you know, what you're doing is great or whatever. It was um, real, uh, we were lone soldiers, you know, doing this thing. And uh, as I said, the, the, the revolution, it, it wouldn't have happened with just one person or two people. It was a movement of people, people's energies coming together, people meeting up. So. We'd go places, um, link up, we'd, we'd organise dances, play our music and then start cutting dub plates and then things just was progressing all the time and at the same time I'd always this vibe about me that I wanted to go into the studio and try to put what I'm doing on the turntables into a tune and so that's really what was happening and uh, meeting Liam Michael 
was key because they had a studio and the studio was at the time up to date you know what i mean with the latest things that we needed and then michael menson was a top engineer you know what i mean and um, I think you told me before that those first tracks that you made hung around for quite a while. It wasn't an instant thing that happened straight away. No, we, we were working for at least a couple years uh, up in New Cross, South London. And we were, you know, just, we were doing lots of stuff. Because as I said, we were DJs and MCs. Uh, but from the DJ and MC, and you're not really earning money. You, you, you're kind of surviving. To make a tune, uh, for us, it was something that, that's, that's what we felt was the next level. And when we first made Just Keep Rocking, it was done, I put it on dub plate. And I remember I took it to a dance and I didn't tell anyone it was my tune. No matter what the people say, these sounds lead the way. I just said, boy, I got this dub plate from so-and-so and it busted up the dance. But the problem was we faced the same thing we face now with labels, is that they're not really in tune with the underground. Get funky, I'm on a mission. Hear my story, limited edition. Down the east with a warehouse session. All night business, the intention. Rounded the posse, rushed the gate inside with hype the sound of the bass. From the roof, the lights were strobing. At that time, it was more about trying to get to a big label. So the labels, they weren't into Just Keep Rocking. And on the flip side of um, that, we had Street Tough. So we serviced the two tunes to all the labels at the time. And they weren't, they weren't into it. So, you know, it, it was a struggle. And, and also for us, we didn't care because we were playing it in the dances and it was busting it up. So for us, that was job done. Get out. The MC has started. Pump up the house and groove it. Stop. You're in a shakedown zone. You like bass? I love it to the bone. Hustle. I got muscle. Time to rock because the rhythm is trouble. Dance. Let's go crazy. When you see me shout, Rebel MC. Outlaw. Kicking up dust. Know what it is. After the whole double trouble thing, you were trying out new things that you were moving more towards running things yourself and moving more towards an underground sort of setup. I don't, I'm sure that isn't how it felt from the inside, but I'd be interested to know how you see those years, the early 90s, leading towards the, the development of Jungle, I guess, as it came to be known. Now, hear this. This sound and a dibby dibby sound. This are the wickedest sound and garden in town. So follow it now. When you're doing this music, there's a lot of pressure and people don't realise that, especially if you have a hit. Uh, so Street Tough was a, was a big tune and, you know, there's a lot of pressure to, to repeat the success and to keep on repeating that success. For I, I didn't want that. I didn't want to be up in the magazines. I didn't want to be... Um, up in that kind of environment. I, I, I really wanted to stay on the streets and do my, my movements. So what, what happened was, if you notice, the music got harder and harder and harder till it was totally not accepted by radio. They would not play it, you know what I mean? And that pleased me because there's a time for radio, but there's also a time where you just create 
and you have that freedom to create. Get set, ready as I inject. Intellect to the groove, so you quick step. Don't fret as I give a quick mic check. Think me done, could have never known, not yet. Accept, this is not a reject. On stage, so we're live and direct. Begin a size, not small like insects. If you're pirate, you sink like a shipwreck. Why is your mental fast like a jump jet? So get ready for the ragamuffin concept. You're renowned as one of the, the pioneers of, of what became Jungle. And it's interesting to hear you say that partly it was a, almost a deliberate attempt to reclaim the underground, to move away from the mainstream. Um, how did what you were doing fit in with what other people were doing at the time? Was that, did it feel like you were doing something in isolation or did you feel part of a broader movement as it developed? There was both. There was isolation, and at the same time, there was something bigger, something that you can't even see it. You feel it, you know, and it's growing. And as I said, we weren't pre, you know, it's not premeditation, it's free spirit. And there is a pressure as an artist to, to make tunes that will be successful. So when you're signed to a label, they want success. What does success really mean? If it's success based on the fact that people are loving your music for what it is, that's success. But if, it's, if, it's, if success is because you're making premeditated pop music just to um, be accessible to radio, I don't class that as success. Because music for me has always been fundamentally uh, a feeling and also it's a it's a it's a two-way communication transmission and receiving so you're transmitting a frequency and you're hoping that people are picking it up and they were picking it up along the way so I give thanks for now when I meet people that say to me oh I loved you know what you did the um, black meaning good album and for, for I it's 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 like a blessing to hear those things and it's also encouraging because we didn't really get a lot of encouragement at the time we got a lot of fight and a lot of disrespect you know So um, maybe now, at that point, we'll move on to your second choice of record. Uh, if you want to tell us once again what it is and why you picked it. Yeah, the second tune is Kunta Kinte, dub, by the Revolutionaries. And this was a this was a tune that was only available on dub play, and it it was it was our generation's anthem. When it was played in a dance, the first time it was played in a dance, the whole dance stopped.
off with the Kunta Kinte uh, melody from Roots and Roots had come out so Roots preceded the dub because the dub was made as a tribute to the to the movie Roots so we were we were English youths that had suddenly discovered that we're African because we didn't know about the the fact that the Jamaica they were taken from Africa brought to Jamaica and then here we are now so we started to make this link with Africa this tune came and to be honest at the time it was the number one tune and only a few sounds had it so a sound could play for the whole night and if they didn't have Kunta dub they're gonna lose the clash so a man could win the clash off a one tune so the Kunta Kinte revolution you know was was something that influenced me uh, and it's something that was there for our generation as a wake up you know what I mean general feeling that it, that a high watermark for it was, was was carnival in 94 would that be the year of would that have been the year of code red yeah 94 was the year that jungle surfaced to the masses if you went to carnival 93 or you were around 93 you was, you know the difference by 94 jungle was officially the UK's number one music what was it like there that year? It must have been, um, because um, I wasn't there, I'll be, uh, but I get the impression it was one of those years where wherever you went, every sound system was playing Code Red. It must be a nice feeling to, to hear your record coming out of everywhere. Yes, it was a nice feeling, but the feeling was nicer and sweeter because it was for everyone. Jungle was music that came from the streets came from people that didn't have much had shit lives really you know when all was said and done you know what I mean so when they had this music now that could suddenly change their life and improve their life and it improved people's lives so that for me was the most loving and positive thing of that year was the fact that for the first time people took us seriously as underground artists and underground musicians people actually you know were looking at it like you know what this is something special but then moving on from there moving on into the mid to late 90s I guess there was something of a backlash there was the the growth of drum and bass there was also the the media 
kind of general perception that jungle, you know, that any jungle dance was just a violent crack den waiting to explode into, you know, armed whatever. So, um, uh, I mean, that must have been a hard time in a lot of ways to have felt something blooming away and then to see it being, or see an attempt to crush it must have been difficult. Maybe you could tell me a bit about that. Jungle music became a threat to the establishment. So the establishment had to fight it because the establishment wants to monopolize and control music. They want to feed the people what they want them to hear. Jungle was anti-establishment and is still anti-establishment and is, and is also a people's music with a message. So they tried to corrupt Jungle. Jungle had man in there from day one, you know, so-called mans that they would say are or gangsters or bad mans or whatever but jungle was the thing was the water to the fire so when the jungle dances started to become more popular I had mans from Tottenham that I was saying to them listen come and check this dance and what surprised me was by the time 94 came you're seeing a lot of ghetto mans in the dance from all different parts of London now this is unheard of because you can't get all these kind of people in one space without some guns popping off and certain things happening this was for the first time that everybody came together in love and happiness after a few years things changed but what happened with the music is that they tried to run out the frequencies and the frequencies changed and with the frequency changing, the attitudes start to change. So for you personally, what was, um, I mean, a question that people ask me, people who maybe not followed what you've done since, all the stuff you've done since is, you know, where, what, what happened after that? Where, where did he go? What did he do? After uh, 94, 95, and then come 96, by that year, I totally, I had to withdraw myself. Because the scene had become a monster scene. And also they tried to change the name. So I had to put out a tune, a statement. And my way of being a part of anything was to talk musically, you know. And Junglist Man came out. And Junglist Man, the lyrics of Junglist Man, when you listen to it, it's all about sending the message of, I'm a junglist and I'm going to carry on being a junglist and I'll make this music. And if there's one person that buys my tune, so be it. When I am weak, you're telling me that I'm strong. When I'm right, you're telling me that I'm wrong. But I know, now I understand. Now I see, I see your wicked plan. I'm a junglist. Don't try to change my plan Understand Why won't you understand I'm a junglist
once again, it's quite a brave stance, really, because you could have just gone along with the whole drum and bass thing and done a nice major label album with a string section and, and what have you, and sort of eased off a little bit on the on the 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 vocals and and joined in with that whole thing. But you you chose to you chose a different route. I'm a I feel that the route was already chosen for me. Uh, I feel that you are, as I, as I said before in this interview, you are who you are. And I'm a junglist, but I didn't know I was a junglist because when you're growing up in, in the UK and you're going and doing your thing, you're a reggae man. Then, then I grew up a bit more, I was a hip-hop man, seeing? And then I was doing my thing raving and doing my street sounds thing. So all this time I was a junglist because jungle music is something that it's not it didn't happen in 94 it didn't start in 93 or 92 it's something that came from the slave ships right through that 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 inner that inner vibration that anti you know the slave master because to be a slave you know you can have chains on your foot but take off the chains if you're mentally a slave you're still going to be a slave right Music, jungle music, couldn't go into the slave master's house. We had to keep it free because jungle is a free spirit and it's here to, to feed the world. And now let's talk a little bit about your new album, about Jungle Revolution, um, that's coming out very soon, July the 1st. Um, tell me about how the idea for the album and how the album itself, make, recording the album and making the album all came together. Jungle Revolution is really the fullness of everything that's been before it. And it had to be released in this time. It so happens that it's been ordained that it must come through Big Dada and Congo Nati Partnership. And I feel that this is, this is a way of jungle saying, listen, we're up for it. We're up to do works with people who are real and who can see the vision and feel the vision because Jungle, out of all the musics in the world it's, it's the most underrated music it's the, the least uh, when it comes to, to, to earning money and generating finances Jungle is not really up there potentially it's the biggest music in the world because the world's got static right now So many names the got was talk about a couple of the tunes on the record and play them as well. I mean, an obvious place to start is probably with UK All-Stars, which was the, the first track that we released from the record and which has what you can only describe as a, a stellar cast of MCs on it. Tell me a little bit about how that came together and how you managed to, to get all those people to, to commit to doing it and all in one room to do the video as well. Big up Tenor Fly, big up Top Cat. Sweetie Irie, Sweetie Irie. 
Big up Tipper Irish Daddy Freddy Big up my brother like General Lady UK All Stars is a hundred percent what it is. These MCs are stars and they've been shining bright for over two decades. And there's a whole new generation out there. And some know them, some don't. Some are gonna find out the history through tunes like this and start to investigate. And to get us together, I would I would firstly say there's a higher force involved because it's very difficult to get all these people in one move. And also not just together because you can get people together, but do they believe in it? Do they feel it? Are they are, are they up for it? And everyone is 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 a hundred percent full of energy. The room where we done the video, it felt like it was 1990. It felt like it was 1990. It could have been the 80s with Amanda. The energy was there. The difference was that if we tried to do this 20 years ago, it wouldn't work because too many egos, you know? And now you find that you go through a phase of your life where you let out certain energies and what's left is the purity. So so now we're at a stage where we just want to make music. That was UK All Stars. I wonder whether you'd like to pick a track from the record yourself, which you feel represents to a casual listener what the album's about, what you're about, what Congo Natty's about, what, what Jungle's about. Yeah, I would say all the tracks on the album are really saying that message and, and, and giving you that insight. If I'm gonna pick one tune now, I'd have to pick Microchip the tune that says say no to the microchip because right now we've got a whole new set of youths that are born up in a digital time digital youths all they know is the digital era we're from the analog and the digital so we've got a perspective of both we've got vinyl and we've got cd and we've got serato so everything's a 360 so now i feel that it's good that the youths them 
can access information. It's good that they can sit in their room, bill a tune and do all this stuff. At the same time, they have to know the 360 and jungle is knowing the 360. Saying no to the microchip is like saying, listen, have a machine, have your phone, all this stuff is cool. But don't become a machine. Don't turn yourself into a computer program, you know. Keep your freeness, keep, keep your, your spirit, keep your soul, you know, and say no to the microchip because they're coming with the barcode. They want to barcode you, they want to put the barcode in your right hand and then that, at that point you, you will become a, a program. Babylon, 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 set up plan. Babylon, Babylon, set up plan. Babylon, Babylon, don't set up plan. Put the microchip in your right hand. Overstand is the revelation. Down a land, down England. And the youth, them are revolutionary. You know, say them are the sons and daughters of Bob Marley. So that was Microchip from Jungle Revolution. That was the final track of the new album. I think that's a great point um, to listen to your next record. So if you could tell us what that is going to be, that would be great. Yeah, man, the next tune is TLA Rock with DJ Jazzy J. It's yours, uh, released on Def Jam. Good choice. Could you tell me why you've chosen that in particular? There's tunes now that you just hear and we were the, the hip-hop youths. You know, hip-hop was for us. So we got into hip-hop heavily. This tune I just mentioned, the first time I had it was on a cassette. And I, I reckon I rubbed the cassette out because I couldn't stop playing the tune. And if you listen to the lyrics again of what, what he's saying on the tune, he's talking about this universal revolutionary sound that's going to take over. So he kind of prophesied hip-hop in this one tune. Also the scratching and the cutting. We weren't up to that standard. We were just hearing these cuts and these scratches and, and the beats and everything. So for me, that was like my um, schooling. Okay, it's yours. Great tune. Commentating, illustrating, description giving, adjective expert, analyzing some of the musical myths, seeking people of the universe. This is yours. It's yours. Do you like it? Yeah. Do you want it? Yeah. Well, if you had it, would you flaunt it? Yeah. Well, it's yours. A record that's already made with the help of the mix for use in the crossfade rhythm can be kept to a self-choice pace depending on moment or depth of bass. I don't really know, but somebody said some musical rhythm can mess with your head. 
I think we'll have a listen to your next record. If you could tell us once again, go through the same process, tell us what that record is and, and why you've chosen to play it to us today. The next tune is Funky Drummer, but the reprised bonus beats version that was on the album, James Brown. And this album was one of my dad's albums. So my dad had a heavy collection of of reggae fundamentally, but he was into his soul and his blues and his jazz. So I discovered this James Brown LP and the beats on Funky Drummer, once you hear them and they penetrate you, then it is a life changer. short on time and we still have one more choice for you to make for for your final track so I'd ask you to pick the final track for us today yeah the final tune today is Rebel Without a Pause Public Enemy Professor Griff Chuck D Flavor Flav Terminator X seeing this tune for the youths that don't know this tune is a jungle tune because jungle for me is hip-hop jungle is reggae it's the fullness of all musics that's been before it and after it so this tune by public enemy was a hundred percent for the youths it was for us to wake us up again i'm talking about today about this waking up thing public enemy showed us things we didn't know about the government about things that are going on in, in the system uh, the corruption scene so this tune had had that message on the top line but then on a production level with the bomb squad it had the funky drummer was in there as, as probably the main beat B line energy scratching powers and if you drop that tune in a dance what I used to drop it in my beat freak dances you're talking about at least four reloads What a fantastic tune to finish with. Rebel Without a Pause by Public Enemy. Brothers and sisters, I don't know what this world is coming to. Yes, the rhythm, the rebel. Without a pause, I'm lowering my level. The hard rhyme, where you never been, I'm in. You want styling? You know it's time again. D, the enemy, telling you to hear it. They praise the music, it's time to play the lyrics. Some say no to the album, the show. Bum rush the sound. You know, you guess I'm just a radical Not on sabbatical, yes, to make it critical The only part of your body should be part of it too Pass the power on the hour from the rebel of you Hey, yo, Chuck, man, I don't understand this, man Yo, you got to slow down, man, you're losing them Radio, suckers never play me All the mix, they just okay me now Knowing they grow, when they clock in my soul There's no sneaking and taking everything that the brother owns My calling card, recorded and ordered Supporter of Chess and Mart, loud and proud Kicking live, next poet supreme, loop for truth, bazooka, the scheme. Flavor, a rebel in his own mind, supporter of.
got time for it's been a real pleasure to have you here today this is congo natty rebel mc thank you very much for coming and talking to us today thank you for having me peace love and unity One love. Uh, we've reached that time now where we're going to turn our attention to some of the new music coming out of ninja tune and its family of labels starting with machine drum and a track called eyes don't lie which will be released very soon on ninja tune Machine Drum with a track called Eyes Don't Lie taken from his forthcoming album Vapor City. Next up we have Grey Reverend on the Cinematic Orchestra's Motion label with a track called Everlasting. Listen to what some say Who can only warn me on these islands Down is such a long way for me You don't want to go Taken from the outside I can be the one who always almost gone Before you run, believe me, you don't want to know Everlasting everything is on the other side So let me find Everlasting everything is on the other side That was Everlasting by Grey Reverend. 
This one's from former podcast guest Emika with her new single Centuries coming out on Ninja Tune. by Emika. Coming up next it's Helena Hauf on Work Discs, the label run by Actress, and this track is called Breakforce. Force by Helena Hauf. And finally, we have the debut single from British Knights called If I Was Two, which is available now on Technicolor.
was If I Was Two by British Knights. And that's the end, the final track of the Ninja Tune podcast. Many thanks to Congo Natty for being our guest and to DK for producing this podcast so beautifully. My name is Will Ashen and this is me, Will Ashen, saying goodbye. <laughs>